0: If you do live in the North York area and are looking for a local church, we invite you to visit us at one of our Sunday morning gatherings to discern if this is the church God is leading you to. All right, all right, all right. So we are looking at Luke 11, 1 to 13 today. We're back going through the gospel of Luke, so if you got a Bible, you can turn to it and let me... Read for us. So Luke 1 to thirteen says he was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, "Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples." He said to them, "Whenever you pray, say, Father, your name be honored as holy, your kingdom come, give us give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves also forgive everyone in debt to us, and do not bring us into temptation." He also said to them, suppose one of you has a friend and goes to him at midnight and says to him, friend, lend me three loaves of bread, because a friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I do not have anything to offer him. Then he will answer from inside and say, do not bother me. The door is already locked, and my children have gone to bed. I can't get up to give you anything. I tell you, even though he won't get up and give him anything because he is a friend, yet because of his friend's shameless boldness, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be open. What father among you, if, he, if his son asks for a fish, would give him a snake instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? How much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Father, we lift our voice in prayer right now to you, believing, knowing that you are hearing us. Lord, you have heard us sing your praises. God, thank you for those two brothers. We love them when they come to minister to us. We pray that you continue to use them greatly, Lord God, and work in their lives and mature them. And I pray that they would be rewarded greatly, Lord, at the day of glory for the way they love you and the way they use their gifts, Lord God, to bless and serve the brothers and sisters in the faith. We pray, God, as we sit now under the teaching of the word, that our, 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 our hearts, Lord, would be prepared for it. Our hearts and our eyes would see you so much more clearly, Lord, from the word being open to us. Lord, would we leave here prepared to be a people committed to pray because of who you are and because of what prayer can do in our lives and in our world. So we pray that as we pray that you would answer us and minister to us now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So the title of the message is, Motivated to Keep Praying. motivate That's what I want. I want us to be motivated to keep praying. And here's why. Because this text shows us God hears us, God answers us, and gives us what we need. When we pray, God answers and he gives What we need. Verse 1 says, he was praying in a certain place. That's talking about Jesus. And when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples to pray. When the scripture tells you that Jesus was praying, this is no surprise. One of the things that I always have to have in my Subaru is bubble gum. Because I pick up Irie every day from school. He goes to Montessori. And every week when I'm dropping him off, he's like, Dad, when you come get me, can I watch Rescue Bots when we get home? I said, yes. And he says, will you have bubble gum? I said, yeah, Dad has got bubble gum. That's because as soon as he gets in the car, he takes his bag off And he opens up the the middle part and he goes in, he takes out his bubble gum and he puts it in his mouth and he sits back and he chews and he says, now you can drive me home. (laughs) See, I'm telling you that because that is one of his regular habits. That That is, if you know Irie, that's a thing that he does. And when the text says that Jesus is sitting there Praying in a certain place, Luke is telling you this is one of his regular habits. Jesus was like that with prayer. He prayed at his baptism. He prayed before he chose the disciples. He prayed in the garden before he gave his life. And what Jesus does here for us is he gives us a model to imitate. Right? We follow Jesus. This is the way we follow him. We like him. We are people of prayer. Let me tell you, prayer is the path to peace. When you choose to pray, you are going down the road of provision. That is what happens. And the disciples say, teach us to pray. Now, this, re- this request, it teaches us some things. It teaches us that prayer is something we learn. It's, a, it's, a, it's a, You learn it. You develop. You grow in prayer. It also tells you that there's no shame in not knowing how to pray. Right? Sometimes, sometimes we feel like we got to fake the funk. We got to front. Like we, sometimes in church there's some things we just don't know how to do. And that there's no shame in that. Here's this other thing. It tells you that discipleship happens when you ask for help. Some of us are not growing into faith because we're not willing to ask for discipleship. We're not willing to ask for help. Humble disciples ask so they can receive the help that they need. Verse 2 says, he answers them. He he said to them, whenever you pray, say, Father, your name be honored as holy. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins, for we we also forgive everyone in debt to us and do not bring us into temptation. Here Jesus teaches the pattern of prayer. The pattern, and he says, he says, when you pray, so whenever you're doing it, he says, say, Father. And that is a, that is a term of respect and intimacy. See, prayer is simply a conversation between a father and his kids. You're children of God. When you pray, you're talking to your father. This is, this, this is also a title for God. Father is a title for God. It refers to the fact that God is a benevolent king. You're like, why is that important? Because when you pray, you're talking to a father who can do everything you ask. Yes. Not God could, God, I, we were at a Bible study this week at our Thursday night Bible study. If you don't come, you got to start coming. I was blessed just listening to people. And somebody said, when you pray, God has the authority to say and do whatever you ask, and no one can stop him. He's in control. You're not just praying to anybody. You're not, just, you're not praying to me. To the one who is king. And I love this. We can pray to the father. Do you know why? Because of the son. We say father because the son left the father to give his life for us to bring us back to the father. Jesus gives us this. He says, say father. And then he gave us the access and the ability to do it. This beautiful Reality And he says, your name be honored. In heaven, God is respected and revered. On earth, God is disrespected and disregarded. This is a prayer for people to give God the respect he deserves. It's also a prayer for God's rule to spread on earth. That's why it says, this, this, this is connected to it. Your kingdom come. When the kingdom of God comes in full, it's gonna be all good. Tell turn to somebody and tell them, He's not lying. Come on, he's not lying when the kingdom comes, it's gonna be all, it's all right. Talk, it's gonna be all good. I said, I said this a couple weeks ago. I love saying it. Everything is gonna be right and everything's gonna work right. Amen? Amen. Be right and work right, and it it hit me this week. I'm like. I think for the last, I don't know if you noticed this, but for the last, like, four messages, I've been saying this. This, this theme that everything, is- I don't- go back and listen, everything is going to be right. Right, Stephanie? You wanted a shout-out? There it is. Everything's going to be right. We got you. She came to me last week and she said, Mara, I want a shout-out. So I- you're dead right in front of me. There's your shout-out. We're a family. Talk to me. Everything's going to be right and everything's going to work right. The theme just keeps coming up. And you know why it keeps coming up? Because in the times we're living in, God knows we need the reminder. Your internet, your news services, your podcasts, social media, what are they telling you every day? That this world that you live in is a mess. And here's the other thing. Deep down inside, we know we cannot fix it. But let me tell you something that you already know. God's going to get it fixed. That's why it says, your kingdom come. When you pray this prayer, we are acknowledging God's going to get this thing right. And when we pray this prayer, we're saying, God, come and do it now. Because we want it to be right. Then verse 3 says, to pray, give us our daily bread. Bread here is a metaphor for material needs. And when you pray this prayer, do you know what you're acknowledging? You're acknowledging that I rely on God for everything. Right? The Bible says, what do you have that you did not receive? And why do you boast as if you did not receive? Everything you have is from God. We rely on him for everything. When we pray this prayer, we're also acknowledging God is my provider. And I go to him for my needs. When you pray this prayer, you're saying, God, I trust you. You're going to do and provide for me in the ways that I need. Then verse 4, Jesus tells us to pray, forgive us our sins. Forgive us our sins. Now we see that we are to ask every day for provision from God, but also pardon from God. We pray for provision and for pardon. When we, when we pray these two prayers, you know what it does? It removes anxiety about the future because God's got it. When we pray these two prayers, it gives us peace about our past. Why? Because God forgives. And so that thing in the past, if God says it's forgiven, if you, it says that if we, if we, we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us from all of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God has forgiven you. So what does it do? Removes anxiety and gives peace. When you pray this prayer, you are helping yourself. Some of us are full of anxiety. Do you know why? Because you're not praying. I'm just telling you the truth. You look at your life sometimes, you're like, I'm anxious. I don't know what, I don't know what to do. I feel, I'm just, I feel all conflicted inside. I'm full of worry. Just look back. Are you in the word? Are you praying? Are you lifting your voice? Are you using the access that you have? It's a way to peace. Forgiveness is this thing that we get. Forgiveness is also something we give. Let me say it again because I want you to hear it right. Forgiveness is something that we get and forgiveness is something that we give. It's in the text. Look down, I'm not making it up. Verse 4, and forgive us our sins. For we ourselves also forgive everyone in debt to us. When we forgive, we're being like God. When we forgive, we're protecting ourselves from bitterness and anger. Forgiveness is healthy. Something that we do. Let me say this though, because forgiveness is tricky. Not a simple topic. So I just want to say a couple things on it. Sometimes forgiveness takes time. And if you're struggling to forgive somebody who's hurt you, ask God to help you, but also just be patient with yourself. It takes a little, it's not hard to get over that hump, especially when some people have done some things that have really damaged us. Forgiveness takes time. Here's this other one. Forgiveness and trust is not the same thing. You, uh, okay. Don't leave me up here. Forgiveness, come on Stephanie, forgiveness and trust. I love that I know everybody in this room. Forgiveness and trust is not the same thing. See, forgiveness has to happen. Trust, though, takes time to rebuild, and sometimes it doesn't come back. Now, that doesn't mean we are disrespectful and rude to that person, but it does mean we don't necessarily have to put ourselves in that spot where that person can hurt us again. Forgiveness and trust is not the same thing. Here's this other one. Your memory will tempt you to go back to anger you forgiven the person but what what did that reggae artist say memories don't live like people do they always remember you whether things are good or bad it's just the memories that you sometimes memories come back right like spiders in the house they just come back and when those memories come back what you need to do is you need to meet those memories with prayer You say, God, that thing's come again. That thing is pressing me again. But I'm asking you not to let me go back to that place of anger. Help me to see that you have forgiven that person, that they're not the same anymore, that all those things are gone. I've forgiven them, so help me to be kind to them. Again, I don't have to put myself in a place of risk, but I do have to be respectful and loving. Here's this other one. Reconciliation is hard, but it's possible. Reconciliation is hard, but it's possible. And so if you've forgiven a person and they don't know it yet, tell them. And then start They say, let's just, let's just start the process of seeing how we can be reconciled to each other. And maybe even part of that process, you need to bring somebody in to help you walk in that process and figure it out. This last one, if you've been hurt, don't isolate and don't run. If you've been hurt, don't isolate and don't run. We have to participate in community. That's healthy when you've been hurt. You know why? Because you need community, you need people who know you and love you to help you process and heal. So don't run away. We'll keep going. Verse 4 says, Jesus says next to pray, do not bring us into temptation. A good paraphrase of this is, do not let us yield to temptation. I had a football coach, well, a couple of football coaches, and almost all of them always said, defense wins championships. Defense wins championships, and defense. Travels. Defense wins championship. The person who prays this do not let us yield to temptation. The person who, who starts the day by praying that is playing good defense and is setting themselves up for victory over sin. When you pray, when you when you don't pray this prayer each day, do you know what you're you're setting yourself up to lose? Even sometimes in the middle of temptation, do you know what we can do? When temptation shows up. So the Bible says that any, there's no temptation that's come to you that's not common to man. But God provides a way of escape. One of the ways to escape temptation, to escape sin, is in the middle of it, is to say, Lord, do not let me yield to this temptation. Because sin destroys. Because sin harms. Play good defense. Pray the prayer. Come on, tell your neighbor, play good defense. Play good defense. Pray the prayer. And there's something else that you gotta, you you, you wanna, I wanna make sure you don't miss in this. Something you gotta see in this, and you almost, you could almost miss it. This pattern of prayer is given to a group. Notice how many times it says, us. Forgive us our sins, right? When, when you pray, say, this. it's Jesus gives this pattern to a group. And what this means is this is not just a prayer that you pray for yourself. This is a prayer that you pray for everybody in our church family. You lift your voice for yourself, yes, but you also lift your voice for your brothers and sisters in the faith saying these things for one another. When you do that, it's a way to keep our community healthy it's a way to keep our community strong verse 5 he says he also said to them suppose one of you has a friend and goes to him at midnight and says to him friend lend me three loaves of bread because a friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I don't have anything to offer him then he will answer from inside and say don't bother me the door is already locked and my children have gone to bed I can't get up and give you anything So it says that the man goes to his friend. Jesus tells the parable now to his friend at midnight. And you're like, why is he going there that late? Well, because he has a big problem. See, in that culture, when somebody showed up at your house, you were expected to have something for them to eat. Right? If you go to Pastor Sean's house, I bet you there would be some bread over there. He's always ready. Now everybody's going to be at your house later today. But this guy has a problem. The cupboards, if you notice, are bare. He says, I've got nothing. And here's the thing. There's no rabba. (laughs) Rabba's always open. And there's no Chick-fil-A. We thank God for Wilson and that sandwich, but this guy doesn't have that. He has a problem. And so he goes to check his friend. And let me tell you, this this friend is the definition of a bad brethren. He tries to say no like four different ways. Watch it. Don't bother me. Go away. The door is locked. Like, bro, you can open the door. My children are sleeping. No, they're not. Kids don't go to bed on time. I can't get up. Yes, you can. He doesn't want to help. But look at verse 8. I tell you even though he won't get up and give him anything because, of his, because he is his friend. Yet, because of his friend's shameless boldness, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. This man's boldness and persistence gets him some assistance. Oh yeah. And Jesus here is teaching us to be bold and persistent in prayer. Watch the verbs. Ask, seek, knock. All of these are continuous. What Jesus is trying to teach us as disciples, this is a section about discipleship. We are to be prayer warriors. We don't give up in prayer. And notice also the promises. He promises that God will answer. You will receive. You will find. It will be open to you. God will answer. Now, I want to clarify a couple of things on this. Asking in this passage is not open-ended. This is not a text telling you to ask for anything you want and God will give it. What this is not is it's not prosperity theology. That we call false teaching. It's not that at all. See, God doesn't promise to give you anything you want. He promises to give you only what you need. And we got to get that in our head and get it straight. So when somebody on TV or whatever it is is lying to you, you'd say, that guy's lying. See, anytime we pray, there are three possible answers from God. Sometimes God says yes. And he does that because it's part of his sovereign good plan for you. Sometimes God says no. Because God is sovereign and wise and knows what's best for us. If River right now, when I got home, said, Dad, can I have the keys to the Subaru to drive the car around the block? I would say, no, because he's going to hurt somebody. He doesn't necessarily know what is best for him. Sometimes God looks at us. He doesn't say no like I just said no. But he says, no, I know what's best for you. Trust me. Sometimes God says, wait. We pray And God says, wait. And that's because God, again, is sovereign and wise, and he gives answer to prayer in his wise timing, not ours. And so we trust the Lord. And here's what this means. When we pray, it means we pray with a humble heart. When we pray, we pray with a trusting heart. God, you know what's best for me. When we pray, we pray with a submitted heart. And we also pray with a patient heart. God knows what he is doing. Here's another thing you got to know. Jesus is actually contrasting God with these two men. See, God's not like them. You don't pray to somebody who when you come to him in prayer, he's annoyed. You don't pray to somebody when you come to him in prayer that he's not prepared to help. God is always, his ear is leaning towards you and his heart is for you. He is ready and prepared to help. That's why verse 9 says, sorry, verse where my 11 says, what father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead of a fish? See, good fathers don't give evil substitutes. Wilson's right in front of me, so I'm going to say this. If Eben said, Dad, Wilson, can I, he wouldn't call you Wilson. I hope not. <laughs> Dad, can I have a hug? Wilson wouldn't push him. And if he did, we'd put him under church discipline. (laughs) Good fathers don't give evil substitutes. Or if he asks for an egg, we'll give him a scorpion. If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who Ask him. What Jesus is doing here is he's teaching us to expect provision from prayer. See, God is a good father. That's what he's trying to tell you. And so you should expect the best from him. He gives the best. And the best gift is in verse 13. Do you know that? The best thing God can give you is in verse 13. Look at it. If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? The Spirit is the best gift God can give to you. And we have the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Here's why he's the best gift. He opens our heart and our minds to receive the gospel. He gives us the power to defeat Temptation. The reason why the Christian can live in victory over over sin is because of the Spirit. What what we just sung, your Spirit lives within me. Why? So I will walk in your peace. I am not, when you said you are not alone, you are not lying to yourself. The Spirit of God is with us, He gives us the ability to understand and interpret the Scriptures. You can know the word and live the word because the spirit of God who wrote the word is in you. He gives us spiritual gifts to serve one another. I say this all the time because it's true. All of you have a spiritual gift that is unique to you and you are to use that gift to serve your brothers and sisters in Christ so they can mature and grow in the faith so that the kingdom of God can expand in the world. You're like, I don't know what my gift is. Just start serving somewhere. God will show you. He gives us courage to be open about our faith. Again, culture wants us to be quiet. The Spirit of God says, speak up. He gives us power to love each other. He gives us direction in ministry. Just go read Acts 16. They're like, we want to go this way. The Spirit's like, nah, you're going this way. And when the brothers surrender and trust the Holy Spirit, a whole bunch of people come to faith in Christ, and again, the the gospel is expanded in the world. He, He guides us. He gives us words to say in times of persecution and pressure. I know some of us, when we're honest with ourselves, we look at the different things going on in culture, and we sit there, and deep down, we're afraid. What if people know I'm a Christian? What if I'm I'm out with it? What will come to me? What will happen to me? Well, the Bible says, don't worry about that. In the moments of pressure, in the moments of tough times, the Spirit will give you everything you need. He guides us into even more effective You know, when you pray, the Spirit's like, that's not what Marv means. Here's what he means. When you pray, the Spirit's like, that's not what Sabrina wants. Here's what she wants. When Stephanie prays, I'm coming at you, Stephanie. The Spirit says, we love Stephanie. She needs this also. Even more, He helps us in our praying. You are not alone. Jesus gives this prayer to tell you that, that you're not by yourself, that you have so much help from God. God answers our prayers and gives us what we need. Why? Because he's a good God. Because he's a giving God. Because he's a generous God. Just think back. He gave you his son, the bread of life satisfies you see we have to pray every day for daily bread but never forget that you have the bread that satisfies for all eternity Jesus Christ in your life and heart and also remember when you pray that we pray to a triune God there's a ton of stuff in this passage this is what you call a Trinitarian text every single member of the Trinity is represented do you see it watch me the son is in verse 1, the Father is in verse 2, and the Spirit is in verse 13. The doctrine of the Trinity is what we call an essential of the faith. And without it, there's no gospel. And that's why throughout history, the church of Jesus Christ has promoted it and defended it. And as a church, we are called to do The same. We pray to the Father through and empowered by the Spirit in the name of the Son. Amen. To a God who gives and a God who answers. So here's what I'm trying to tell you keep praying. Jesus says we have to always pray and not lose heart, not give up in prayer. It works. And you have a God who's on your side, ready and willing to help, motivated to pray. So let's pray. Stand with me as we do that. Father, we thank you that you are always ready, willing to listen to us, to help us. You are not like the friend at midnight who tries to get us to go away. You say, come, my dear children, come to the one whose hand is open to you. Come to the one who knows all your needs before you even mention them. Come to the one who is a provider. All of scripture just reminds us that of that over and over people are oppressed, that you free them from oppression. People long for something, and in your good and wise providence and plan, you give it to them. We think of Hannah. God, we love you. We appreciate you. Because we know, Father, that you are ready to help us. And so, Lord, I want to pray for the person who has faded off from prayer. I pray that they would not feel guilty I pray that they would not feel shame I pray right now they would feel such a a new and fresh affection for you and a new and fresh understanding Lord God of your love for them and a willingness to help them through whatever struggle to meet whatever need God make us a praying church and a praying people not just to say we've checked the box, but because we truly believe prayer works, because we truly believe from a heart of motivation that you don't withhold what we need, that you give, you supply, that your storehouse is full. And in your wise providence and in your good timing, you give. Lord, I know of specific people in this room who they've prayed and you've answered. I pray their prayer to you would be giving you thanks and praise. You didn't have to answer, but you did. God, I pray for people who I know are struggling to give forgiveness. Help them to do that. Lord, you tell us to pray for each other to pray this prayer for one another. I pray, God, that we would make it a habit to lift one another up to say, help us forgive and extend forgiveness. God, I pray that we would, even this week, say, provide physically and spiritually for my brothers and sisters in the faith. Lord, I pray that we would not give up in prayer. but faithfully lift our voice and say, help me. You're my father. I believe I'm not alone. So help me. God, we can pray this because of your son who gives us access to you. Thank you, Lord. Amen. For more resources or information about Hope Church, visit hopetorontonorth.com.